Hello, everyone, and either welcome or welcome back to the Gender Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. So for the sake of completeness, I wanted to make this episode about the vice presidential debate, although to be completely honest, there's not a lot to talk about, especially given everything that has happened since the debate, which is ridiculous. I'm recording this on October 8th. The debate happened on October 7th. It's not even been 24 hours yet, and everything has already gone completely off the rails once again. But obviously, for the sake of completeness, I want to do this just because, you know, I started this project and now I have to finish it. So... Like I said, the debate did actually go on as scheduled, and it did happen in person, which there was a bit of question about that due to Donald Trump and his COVID, and apparently everybody around him has now caught COVID. Notably, not Mike Pence, though. He has tested negative every time he's been tested. I don't know how often he's been tested. That seems to be a bit of controversy within the Trump camp, too. Anywho, debate went on as planned in person. The way they set up the stage was interesting. Um, Instead of the podiums that you would normally see, each candidate had a desk. And in between the desks were these plexiglass shields, which the plexiglass thing was a bit of a controversy in and of itself because obviously Biden's team wanted there to be plexiglass on the stage to protect Kamala Harris because of everything that's happened. And with the news that last Tuesday, the first presidential debate, um, Donald Trump was actually a spreader and did actually spread COVID to people in the room there at the first presidential debate. So clearly out of an abundance of caution. And of course, if Kamala Harris is exposed, then she can't really be around Joe Biden. And obviously that's going to be a problem. So anyway, they wanted the plexiglass. Uh, Mike Pence did not want the plexiglass. So we settled on this weird little stage setup. So Anyway, that's that. It was just weird. It was like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, they're going to sit at desks. Okay. I'm not entirely sure how much safer this setup was as opposed to doing anything else, but there it is. So as for the debate itself, um, obviously it would be very, very hard to top the first presidential debate as far as just general shit showiness. This debate was still a shit show, but just at a lower decibel and in different ways. Um, I, I think the best way to describe it is how Robbie Suave did it on Twitter. He called it civility porn, which this was a very nice, very soft, civil discussion of absolute bullshit. <laughs> Well, everybody just used their nice inside voices and nobody yelled and nobody told anybody to shut up. Although obviously both candidates went over time, talked over each other, talked over the moderator, because apparently nobody can be expected to abide by any kind of time rules anymore. Apparently we don't do that. But for some of the things that were actually discussed in the debate Obviously, we started with COVID because where else are you going to start now? I mean, (laughs) what else is there to talk about anymore for COVID? Um, Mike Pence is the head of the coronavirus task force for the White House. So obviously asking him questions about this is relevant. I mean, it is part of his job duties. And so we had 
a lot of deflection, which this is kind of the theme of the evening, was each candidate answering whatever the hell question that they wanted to answer instead of the question that was actually posed to them. So for Harris's side, she was asked that if uh, there is a Biden administration in January, what exactly they would do differently than what the Trump administration is doing now. And instead of like answering the question, Kamala Harris decided to take her time to criticize the Trump administration's handling of COVID, which, okay, great, but that's not the question that was asked. You weren't asked, how do you feel about the Trump administration's handling of COVID? The question was, how is the Biden administration going to handle it? And so we still don't know the answer to that. And obviously, Pence, when he was asked his question, didn't really give any kind of concrete answer either. There was a lot of talk about China and how somehow this is everybody else's fault, but the Trump administration's Again, like I said, the theme here is nobody answered the damn question, like ever at any point in this debate. The the one where this was the most striking, and I, I, I respect Susan Page, the moderator, for just point blank asking this question of both candidates, because let's keep it real. This is the question we all want to know, which is basically to paraphrase and to put it in a little funnier fashion. Have you guys had the discussion with your running mates about what's going to happen if you have to take away the keys? You know, kind of that conversation about the 25th Amendment. And both candidates took that time to talk about anything, anything other than the fact that their running mates are old. Um, Obviously, Donald Trump either has or had COVID, depending on where in the conspiracy theory you are at. <laughs> oh my God, that has turned into such a mess. But he he's bad COVID, has COVID. I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows right now. So, but yeah, nobody, nobody was interested in answering that question, which, I mean, that is a legitimate question. Um, Donald Trump will be 74 if he is sworn in for a second term. Biden will be 78. Both of these dudes are old as fuck. One of them is sick. Like, this is a legitimate discussion, and it's one that people have brought up over and over and over again as a knock against the Biden campaign. For some reason, nobody seems to mention this when it comes to Trump. Like, somehow, everybody can can get on board with the idea of thinking about, well, Biden is old. We have to think about what's going to happen if we have President Harris. But nobody really sits down and talks about, like, well, Trump is old, and what's going to happen if we have President Pence? And to me, it's it's applicable to both sides. And obviously, I've pointed this out several times, that they're both old and that I don't have a lot of confidence that either man is going to make it through the next four years. Not not just like living, but being like able to function as you would want a president of the United States of America to function. So it would have been nice to have an actual answer to that question. And I understand why they don't want to talk about it, but I mean, it's it's a legitimate question. I mean, honestly, these dudes are old. And so what, like, maybe they should be having that conversation because it's something that the American people, I think, deserve to have an answer on, especially when you're trying to make your choice of which one of these incredibly old men to vote for. Like, it just... It just Oh, just the the amount of dodging questions that happened during this debate was nuts. Um, 
energy policy, climate change, obviously still no serious policy discussion here. Um, Mike Pence was asked point blank whether the Trump administration views climate change as an existential threat. And we got a lot of weird googledy-dook answer about science and stuff. Um, what came out of this on the Harris side is that Kamala Harris said that now the Biden administration would be against banning fracking, which was not their stance before. So, uh, did we learn something last night? I mean, there's there's a couple of policy positions we learned from the Biden camp. Um, I mean, me personally, and I've obviously already made this point to death, so I won't make it again. Not that I want banning, not that I want fracking banned, but can we like talk about transitioning away from fossil fuels? I mean, that that's a valid discussion, and I, 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 I talked about that when I did my episode on the first presidential debate. So if you want to know more of my opinion on that, you can go back and listen to that one. I won't bore you with it again, but still clearly no substantial policy discussions coming out about that. The real takeaway line, I think, from the debate, and again, all respect to Susan Page, the moderator, for her questions. I mean, bless her heart, much like Chris Wallace, she did what she could, and it didn't get as out of control as it did during the first presidential debate. But then again, you weren't dealing with Donald Trump in this debate. So like a little more civility, but obviously still the same kind of basically the candidates just doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. But she point blank asked Pence this, that if if Roe v. Wade was overturned, would he support throwing that decision back to the individual states, which is a valid question, not only because of Pence's multiple times stated stance on Roe v. Wade, and also the fact that he was once a governor. People forget that. He was actually the governor of Indiana. And if you don't know that story, by the way, the the story of how that all kind of ended and how he ended up being Donald Trump's vice presidential pick, that is a wild story that you need to go read up on. But he was asked point blank. And obviously, much like Donald Trump's white supremacy question, I mean, it's, it's a little different in that you would think that given the GOP's stated stance that they want Roe v. Wade overturned and that this is Mike Pence, somebody who has been very clear about being pro-life, about wanting Roe v. Wade overturned, that the the easy answer here would just be to say, yes, yes, that's what I want. Instead, we got a discussion about how it was a good thing that we ordered the killing of Soleimani. I shit you not. That's that's that was what he decided to take that time to discuss because apparently he wanted to spend more time answering the previous question than he did actually answering this very easy question that we all already know his stance on, but obviously is extremely controversial. Why it's still controversial, I'm not entirely sure because, like I said, it is part of the GOP platform. The the protecting the sanctity of life or however the hell they put it. Um, but yeah, he point blank refused to answer the question, which brings me to a point that I have made before. And that is that 
when you really, really, really get down to it, neither Democrats or Republicans are interested in touching Roe v. Wade because they both need it to exist as it exists right now because it is one of their major wedge issues. It's a major talking point. And if it were to go away, especially for the GOP, because they don't really have much left, honestly, I mean, it, they, they can't talk about the economy. They can't talk about spending. They can't talk about fiscal issues. All you have left now is abortion and the culture war. And so if either one of those things goes away, then that's one less thing that they're going to have to talk about as a wedge issue. So when you get down to it, neither one of them wants to repeal Roe v. Wade. Neither one of them really wants to touch it, but it, it's still this talking point. And it, it's kind of wild that more people haven't caught on to that, especially on the conservative side, that, that they really don't. They, they say they do. You make the mouth noises and, and, and single issue voters tend to believe them for some godforsaken reason. I don't know why. And of course, this is also a conversation that's going to come up again in the Barrett confirmation. Whenever that happens, I, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are up in the air right now. So I'm not entirely sure when that's going to happen. But obviously, Roe v. Wade is going to come up and she's going to be asked questions about it. And it's going to be assumed that she would vote to overturn it. And yeah. Anywho, that was just telling that Mike Pence wasn't willing to go on record stating an opinion that he has stated prior. I don't know. Anyway, um, obviously, we're still pushing the election interference line. Uh, Mike Pence brought it up again. And then there was the stupid question. And, and this one, I have to deduct a point from Paige for even asking this question because, my God, this is the stupidest fucking question. She asked both Pence and Harris, what would happen if Donald Trump refused to peacefully cede power if he should lose in November? Um, Mike Pence's answer was that, well, Donald Trump's not going to lose in November, so we don't even have to talk about it, which... That's not, that's not answering the question, my dude. That's not answering the question at all. And then Harris, I forget what the hell she said. But I mean, it's it's stupid. It's a dumb question because here's what's going to happen. If by some chance Donald Trump refuses to leave the White House, Secret Service is going to escort his ass out. Like, this isn't a question. Like, he doesn't get to decide that he's going to stay in the White House. Like, you're not president anymore. You don't live here anymore. Get the fuck out. I mean, it's the question already answers itself. And so it's just such a dumb, dumb talking point. And it's one that Trump brings on himself because he makes these stupid fucking jokes. Like, oh, maybe I'll stay for another four years or eight years or, or 12 years. And it's like, dude, shut up. Just, man, shut up, man. <laughs> That's still my favorite part from the first presidential debate is Joe Biden just telling him to shut up. But it's just a stupid talking point. And I was kind of disappointed to see it brought up as like a serious debate question, because it's not. It's just not a serious question. So anyway, um, on the policy positions that we learned about for a potential Biden administration, um, he is going to repeal the Trump tax cuts and then spend that money on the infrastructures and the public colleges and the free... The, the free college education at the public colleges. 
basically everything you've already heard before. Um, but yeah, he, Harris did commit to on record saying that they will repeal the tax cuts. Uh, she did also commit to on record saying that the Biden administration would eliminate private prisons, cash bail, um, do marijuana decriminalization and expunge records for those who have been charged with marijuana, marijuana based offenses. Obviously, all of this would be coming out of the White House would be on a federal level, not on a state and local level. But it is something that she was willing to commit to all of that in a vice presidential debate. Whether any of that will happen or not, who knows? Anyway, <laughs> but it's it's funny to send Harris out there to talk about these sorts of things, given her record of throwing people in jail for really dumb stuff, including marijuana-based offenses. But, you know, this is her job. This, this is the vice president's job, is to be a surrogate for the president. So, there we go. There's that. Like I said, not really a lot to talk about because neither candidate seemed to be particularly interested in talking about anything of substance. So, the big star, though, of the debate was the Pence fly. And this this is how bad this debate was. This is how just without substance this was. Um, For two and a half minutes, a fly landed on Mike Pence's head and the internet lost its shit, myself included, because it was funny. Because Mike Pence's hair is so white and so perfect. And there's this fly. And like, nobody's saying anything. Like, you know, Kamala Harris saw that damn fly. She's not saying nothing. Nobody's saying anything. And so it's just there. And eventually it flies away. And of course, like, everybody and their mom opened up like a Mike Pence fly Twitter account. And the memes showed up and the jokes. And so that was kind of the fun moment from the debate. But this is all we have. A fly landing on Mike Pence's head. This is what is newsworthy out of this debate. So... As it stands, there's that. Um, the moderator was Susan Page, and I, I can definitely quibble with some of the questions that were asked. Like, I uh, I don't know. It was all right. I mean, I, there's only so much you can expect out of these debates at this point. As far as actually learning anything, and we didn't really learn all that much. I mean, okay, we spent an hour and a half and are probably none the wiser for it. Um, moving on from that, though. The next debate. I don't know. Nobody quite knows. Um, as of right now, it will, is, was, not entirely sure. And of course, this is as of this recording. Um, it was scheduled for Thursday the 15th. The Commission for Presidential Debates came out today and said that that debate would be held virtually. Uh, the plan was that it would be a town hall style debate and that both Biden and Trump would be participating remotely from separate locations. So I'm presuming how this would work is you have the stage and then you'd have like two screens and then you would have Steve Scully, who is the moderator for the next debate, in the crowd asking the people the questions. And then everybody can see see Trump, see Biden, and do it that way. Like, that would be my presumption. Trump pitched a fit and said that he is not participating in a virtual event. 
And so Team Biden said, well, then we will just find another venue for our candidate to take questions from voters. So I'm not sure at this point if the debate is on or off. It seems to be a semi-solid no at this point, at least for the 15th. Um, There have been floating the idea of pushing the debate back a week to that Thursday after. But here's the problem. The Thursday after was the scheduled day for the third debate. So you would have to push that debate back to the Thursday before Election Day. I Logistically speaking, I don't see how that's going to work. I'm not a fan of having the third debate that close to Election Day. I don't think that's a good idea. Personally, at this point, I would say either just cancel the second debate if nobody wants to participate. I mean, it's not going to happen in person. The Commission for Presidential Debates has already made that clear. And for obvious reasons, I mean, you can't you can't expect people to go staff an event where there's a man who has the COVID, doesn't have the COVID, but will not produce a negative COVID test, which as of this recording, he has not. I mean, it, it's just expecting to have this happen in person is kind of absurd. And I'm glad the Commission for Presidential Debates finally came out and said so. But where this leaves the second presidential debate, I'm not sure. Um probably not going to be next Thursday. So um, what I would have done, honestly, if I was in the Biden camp, is I would have committed to doing the debate on Thursday virtually and just been like, well, Trump can show up or he cannot show up. And if he doesn't show up, then whatever, we get 90 minutes of free prime time to just answer questions uninterrupted. But they have pulled out, I do think. Obviously, this is all very up in the air right now. It's just kind of crazy. So I don't know when I'm going to do the next debate recap because I'm not entirely sure when the next debate is going to be or if there is going to be another debate. I mean, that I think is kind of an option too, that maybe we just don't do them anymore. I'm probably not going to get that lucky. I'm going to have at least one more to do. So anyway, I guess we will figure that out. Hopefully by the time it is time to do the weekly roundup, we will have an actual definitive answer as to what I will be doing next Thursday evening. I would like to know because I would like to firm up my schedule. So at this point, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. So if you did make it this far, thank you for listening as always. And if you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my new Substack page. Take care and until next time.